Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art on MTR Podcasts. I am your host, Rob Lee, the ravaging Rob Lee. Uh, and today's guest is writer, independent contractor, and connect plus connect. No, connect plus collect gallery coordinator, Terry Henderson. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm, I got to come up with a different word. I've been saying delicious recently and people have laughed at me. <laughs> So it's worked again. It's still effective. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm stuffed. I'm trying to, we're recording this, um, not too many, a few days after, uh, Thanksgiving. So I'm trying to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get back and form too much sitting around too much eating mm-hmm. baked items. You still, have itis. you still have the itis from last week. Yes. It's, it's like it's, delayed it's onset itis. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. So, um, again, thank you for coming on and, I wanted to ask you a few questions because uh, I see you're doing things. You popped up in my timeline. So I was like, let me, let me, let me reach out. Let me see what's shaking, what's good. So mm-hmm. got your bio and all of that good stuff. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, let's, um, let's get into like your background. Could you describe your work and what you do? What's your day to day looking like? Yeah. So, um, yeah, R- right now it's a lot of writing. So I am a writer, staff writer, but um, in writing was something that I took a break from, um, I think that's something that's central to my story and my journey to Baltimore is I moved here to go to law school. So I'm originally from Texas and I got a scholarship to UB law, went to law school, hated it. And the entire time was like still kind of like writing freelance for different publications and independently curating while I was in school, which is probably why I did poorly in law school. Cause I was not focused on it. <laughs> Just not, it was not for me, but, um, so now like, I work full-time for Beamer Art. I've been working there since March. Um, and I was originally hired to run the Connect and Collect gallery and program. So it's a, we have a gallery at 2519 North Charles Street. Because of the pandemic, we had to kind of like readjust what my role was um, because we were not doing physical exhibition, exhibitions in the space because of the lockdown or quarantine um, regulations. Sure. Um, so... We transitioned towards doing like digital exhibitions, which is a separate project. But um, so right now I'm just, every, my day to day is writing. So I read, I'm also a horrible procrastinator. So <laughs> every, like I, I texted somebody today and I was like, why do I write? Why am I a writer? Because I'm, I hate it, but um, it feels great when it's published. Um, and then also like I'm an independent curator. So aside from my work with Be More Art, I do other projects. So people will reach out to me and ask if I would like to curate something in their space. And then that's what I do. So I, my most recent project just closed in DC. It was a video install, um, installation project with cultural DC. And that one closed yesterday, which is November 30th. And then the, the second part of it is in opens on January 30th. So right now I'm kind of like taking a little bit of a curating break, focusing on writing, and then we'll shift back in, in like two weeks into worrying about that project so that's my day every day it's, yeah that's what's going on <laughs> it sounds like there's a few balls in the air right there actually oh yeah yeah i also just started like something that's really close to my heart is i started this arts incubator called the black collages art incubator and its goal is to collect and highlight the work of black people making collage across the world and so it's underwritten by um, the Doug and Lori Kenyon Art Collection, which are collage collectors based out of Washington State. But basically, it's just a 
researching and it has an Instagram account, um, which is growing and it's just like fine black people's making collages work. So that's cool. It's not my money. Can't afford to do that. But <laughs> using these other people's money to like, it, it all ties into my curating talent, I guess. So that's, that's everything that I'm doing right now. <laughs> also, this is one other thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, it's great to hear you. that you're, you're working on like a lot of projects that have your interests in there, keeping your interest and mm-hmm. in keeping you busy. Um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of some of your, you, you mentioned writer, you mentioned some of your other talents in, in yeah. terms of like, what has like influenced you? Like maybe personally mm-hmm. or your experience, cause you said law school earlier, but that was a shift. <laughs> you shifted away from that, yeah. but what's influenced some of your creative interests in some of the areas that you've pursued to work in? That's, I mean, that's a good, deep question. Um, so, wow. I think, I mean, it just goes back to like, if we go for my, like my personal journey is like, I was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas, and I knew I wanted to go somewhere else. So I was like, had, like applying to schools across the country, moved to Baltimore. And I immediately, like before I got, like when I first got here, I was like, I'm only going to be here a year. I'm going to apply. I was going to go to Seattle University School of Law and just like transfer. And then I got here and I was like, you know what? I like it here. I'm going to stay. Um, so I think the things that inspired me are Baltimore, number one. Um, I found a really great community, um, like tribe of people that are creative, that inspire me every day and that have, like if I hadn't met certain people, I would not be, I wouldn't have my job. I wouldn't be who I was. I wouldn't be uh, like brave enough to take risks um, about some of the things that I do artistically. Uh, and I think that Baltimore is just such a incredible, I use the word incubator a lot in my practice, <laughs> yeah. but it seems to be this, I hate saying magical because, but it's like, I need to think of a better word, but it seems to be like this place where if you want to make something happen, you can, like everybody has to hustle here. So we do. So that's what inspires me. And also just like black contemporary art, like seeing black people make work right now and knowing that they're alive making this work um, and that you can purchase their work and like that directly like helps them continue their practice is something that inspires me. That sounds great. It's, um, Thank you. you know, especially like being around it and, and being around different artists, uh, visual artists, um, musical, so on, and mm-hmm. just kind of seeing it and getting it at its most pure form, like just right there. It's like, I can talk to this person. I can, because one of the things I, I hope to do with this is this podcast as a whole is, you know, you'll run into like in a piece of art or you may talk to someone, but you don't really see them as a person. You just see them as the work that they've created. And that's one thing I want to kind of get to. It's like, I try to have Mm -hmm. those authentic conversations because um, that's what I think Baltimore is about. One of the things that makes Baltimore such a magical place an incubator. I'm using your words now. I'm still plagiarizing, (laughs) Um, but makes it that because um, I, I think like once someone gets to a certain level that, they they crave authenticity and they lose it, but that's yes. just inherent here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Um. So, what do you feel? Because since since you, you we talked about Baltimore a little bit, that's already one of my other questions. So, I might as well ask you another Baltimore related question. Um, what do you feel is the role of arts in Baltimore and and beyond, specifically with Black people? Um. What do I think of the role of Baltimore 
in the arts? I'm sorry, let me, the let me, arts? Yes. Um, well, I, I mean, this is something I think about a lot. It's like there's so many like microcosm communities across the city. So like when I was in law school, it was like I only hung around. Well, that's not true. Like I usually like, I was around my law school friends, but then I would like be at the crown around like my artist friends that I actually wanted to spend time with. And so I think that so much of my universe is centered around the arts and creative practice. Um, and just people who are like a whole lot of people who are like bartending or like serving so that they can fund their artistic practice. Um, and I think that Baltimore has this really great creative economy in terms of like black people making artwork that I, I mean, I have a limited knowledge of what other art communities are. I mean, I know a little bit about Seattle art scene cause I worked there um, for a year or for a summer and interned there, but it's like, what, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I hate saying it. Like, what would Baltimore be without black artists? I, I would not, it would be Fells Point and I, and I don't go over there. It would be Federal Hill. So it's like, <laughs> it's just, the city is indebted towards black people making black art. And like soon, I mean, I hope that there will be some kind of like fund, more funding, like more black art spaces, like more support. Because again, like people talk about like visit Baltimore, come to Baltimore. And it's because of the black people making black art or like whether it's like music, like the history of, you know, all these things like black club music yeah. and all of like DJ culture, all that stuff. It's like, where did it come from? It came from black people. So yeah, I mean, it's again, it's like, what would this, what would this city be without black creators? I wouldn't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing that gets, that gets taken away. Like early, early, early on when doing this show, I used to ask like more James Lipton like questions. Uh, I would ask people, what's your favorite curse word or uh, things like that. <laughs> and one thing that came up because like, I try to operate, I do a little bit more structure now because I realize <laughs> I intimidate some people with the questions I'll ask, but the one question I used to ask was in terms of the pop culture representative, right. Mm -hmm. Of like outside of Baltimore, what does outside of Baltimore, who is the black representative of pop culture that has ties to mm -hmm. Baltimore? And we can rarely find an answer because there's almost none. Like you, you think of like Baltimore, you may think of John waters or somebody. And, yeah. and that's the thing that kind of gets me. And it's like, when we know better, because there's a lot of stuff that, that comes out of it, like, oh, yeah. you know, there I mean, is the stuff, as you touched on earlier with like club music that, you know, mm -hmm. that WAP song is, it's, it's got it's a, true. It's, it's a club song in there. Exactly. I mean, like, and I would like immediately my brain would go like, to like Black Star or DJ K-Swift, but that's like, people don't, that's not like a, like, it's not a, it's like more of a niche. Yeah. Kind of thing like which is sad because it like their music influences like you mentioned like on the radio like that's a baltimore club song yeah, so he's about that <laughs> not me because i do not have time but it's i mean and then there's also like amy sherald is who i would say if you ask me that question sure. but again that's i'm sure that there, unfortunately there's like a lot of white people that don't necessarily know who she is and about her work but she lived here like she was had a studio at the motorhouse yeah. and so yeah it sucks but it's like how do we circulate that? I don't know. Yeah, because like the, the thing that gets me, and, and I'll leave my, my Baltimore related rant off because this is this is the most <laughs> mellow rant you're over here. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like my my feelings around like um 
what is it the charm city kings thing and it's like cool something's getting made here and it's got people in it but it's like yo meek mill is from philly why is he like the greatest dirt bike dude ever and you know i look at the wire and you know going going from going going to um being in college at the time when that show was still on the air and you know having to answer questions like baltimore questions which i kind of liked but also it's just like I none of these guys are from Baltimore. Some of these guys are British. Yeah, there's a lot of New Yorkers here. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen The Wire, but when I was, um, when I told people that from Texas that I was moving, and they're like, oh my God, have you seen The Wire? And I was just like, no, white person. I have not <laughs> The Wire. I know where you're going with this, though. Um, but yeah, it's who gets to filter Baltimore culture? Because you're like, you're right with Charm City Kings. I like saw some clips of it where people were. Like the actors doing the horrible <laughs> of a Baltimore accent, and I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, <laughs> because I'm around Baltimore. Like, I'm, this is where I live. I've been here for five years, so it's like nobody I know talks like that. But this white, like some white lady in Idaho, is gonna watch it and think that that's indicative of the life of a black person, and that's deeply problematic. So I've I've been here. I've I'm from here. Been here nearly thirty <laughs> nearly thirty six years. And <laughs> I get accused of not being a Baltimorean because I don't have an accent. I sound like I'm from yeah. somewhere else. So, uh, you know, it's like, I'll give you guys what? a pass, but not all of y'all sound yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, like, again, like when I was back home, everybody was like, well, you don't sound Texan. And I was just like, what does that even mean? Especially for black people. It's like, we're not having this conversation. What do you mean? So, yeah, whatever. So, so in, in coming from, from Texas, to like so so before coming here like how long were you in texas was it like you grew up most of your life there or so yeah fort worth born and raised so i i mean i mean like i went to high school at lake worth high school which is like would be i guess like towson toward to baltimore but i was born in like we lived like born and raised in fort worth like my mom was a teacher in the fort worth school system um, and I went to elementary school where she taught, which was hellish because I would get, that's again, another story for another day because <laughs> I would get in trouble, had to go to her classroom. But uh, I went to, when I went to college, I applied again. Uh, I got, a, I like got into Spelman. I got in like a really good scholarship to Howard and I wanted to go, but I ended up staying in Fort Worth. I think I was kind of scared still back then sure. about leaving. Um, but I went to TCU, Texas Christian University, and it was freaking 20 minutes from my house. Um, no horn but frogs or what have you. <laughs> I miss football games so much. Like that's part of the culture that I wish I could have taken with me is I miss that culture of like tailgating and getting drunk and going to football games. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Memories. Um, so yeah. But then, so then I was in Fort Worth my whole life and I was like, I can't, I, I had traveled a little bit. Like I did study abroad and I was like, I mean, I can't, I was just remember thinking I can't stay here my whole life. I'll go somewhere else and I can come back. Um, and then, like I said, I knew I was going to law school, thought I wanted to be a lawyer, but I can be true to myself and say I was always going to law school to be able to afford to own an art gallery. So that was always my goal was to become an attorney, help artists buy an art gallery, and then like after 10 years, stop being a lawyer. So it was supposed to be a means to an end. Um, so it's cool that I'm able to kind of do it, even though it's not my space, but still doing nothing. Um, so yeah, that was my... Uh, applied got a good scholarship to ub which brought me here did not finish law school but that's okay 
now I just re- out, I'm out here though. So shout out to you, Mila, for that. <laughs> it was like I th- listening to it, it. It had it like people when you're able to identify like eh, this is not really my thing. Like uh-huh. I'm gonna do something differently. Uh-huh. I w- went to Morgan, did the whole like gr- uh, program there, did the whole yeah. graduate. I mean, I'm not graduate. Um, the the whole grade school business management program got through. The only male to finish in my program's inaugural inaugural thing. And uh-huh. I was like, cool. And thought I wanted to be a marketing guy. Did that for like mm-hmm. five years. And then uh, they had a strike and then I lost my job and I had to pivot and went to mm-hmm. higher ed. Mm-hmm. And, but within that first two years of that five years I was in marketing, I was done with the whole luster of, Oh, I make a lot of money. I was like, yeah. I need to do something creative. And mm-hmm. that's when I started podcasting. Mm-hmm. I, I felt completely oh, yeah. burnt out at 24. And I was like, I need to do something creative to mm-hmm. quell this, this, this yeah. to satiate myself. And I've yeah. um, been doing it ever since. And it's funny, I work as a data analyst now, and that's mm-hmm. not what I even tried to do in school. It was just yeah. like, oh, SQL? Ugh, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of, uh, let's see, let's see, projects. Let's talk about projects a little bit. Mm-hmm. What are some projects you, you've organized? You mentioned one earlier, the one that was in D.C. Uh, what are some projects that you've organized <laughs> or have been a part of that have been really exciting to you? So there's this other thing that I do, not by myself. So I, in 2019, um, began this project with my art partner. His name is Malcolm Lomax. He's a visual artist. And we started this collaborative nomadic curation platform called WDLY. Uh, People say it as wildly. Um, And it's just a platform that's focused on promoting like um, non-traditional creatives, uh, black, brown, queer, just people who might not necessarily be in more traditional art spaces, which are usually pretty white, um, and kind of like activating spaces that are non-traditional and putting art in them. So the coolest thing that we ever did was um, we had the, um, the Baltimore Museum of Art has this event series called art after hours so last october or october 2019 um they we partnered with the bma and they gave us a budget and we took over art after hours so it was um malcolm and his uh is a uh, has a art practice called wickerham and lomax and it was their 10-year anniversary of making work together um and it was um so we start uh again like took took the BMA's money, thank you BMA, and <laughs> took over Art After Hours. So it was like a lot of planning and it was so cool to see, like, again, like people that I hung out at the crown with or like anywhere else, like in the BMA, like fully dressed up. We had like an, an awesome DJ, just like so many black people just like happy and like, it was beautiful. Like we, had, we got some really great photos that night. So that was a moment where I was like, okay, like we actually did this. Like <laughs> we made this happen. And they were foolish enough to give us money and we pulled it off. So, uh, yeah, like that was a moment that felt um, where I was like, I must be like, not onto something, but I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because it was stressful as hell. I yeah. mean, like, it was like one of those things, like, you know, when you're like in a flow state and you're just like, time is gone. So it was like, the event was three hours and it was like 10 minutes before it was done. And I was like, back in my body. And I was like, oh my God, like it's over, thank God. You need to take this like really tight dress off and like breathe and get a drink because I don't drink during events. So I was like, it's time to get drunk. Where's the after party? Yo. But it was like, 
<laughs> yeah, it was, but, but that was, um, because we, like, our program, it was really cool. We set it up as a, it was a wedding, a funeral, um, like a three-part thing, but we had, like, traditional, like, black, like, chicken, like, um, black people food, soul food, yeah. like, those baby shower meatballs, like, we had this really beautiful tiered wedding cake that we got that everybody got to eat cake we did a toast and then all of the bands that performed were like our friends or like people that we knew that were local baltimore artists sure. and it was really cool like that was that's something that we did that was i was like okay like um uh, wdo i did that we had a black prom in february which is the last event that we did um at this i don't know if you've been to 311 west madison it's a black owned restaurant in mount vernon yeah so we did a black prom there. It was at the end of January, I think. Or no, it was for Valentine's Day. So it was it was so cool. Like we had like drinks named after different romantic black movies and, and we had like everybody was like super dressed up and just like celebrating blackness and art. Um I'm I love WDOI, but because of COVID, we took a break because our programming is about people. Yeah. And um we were both super busy and I didn't want to like half ass anything. So we're taking a break, but we'll be back. We're working on something for um, May, 2021. Look out. I am, I'm looking forward to it. Everything you described that sounded like fire. And I think, Thank with, you. I think with the BMA, I, I feel like I went to an event. I'm just like not placing the time because like <laughs> my, 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 my partner has um, uh, tickets or like the membership. And I remember yeah. we rolled up there and one, we, I, I, I'm a little bit of a heel. Sometimes I make fun of art types. I'm like, your art's great, but well, you look pretentious. And <laughs> I was like, huh, a lot of tiny, I was like, it's a lot of tiny glasses and scarves here tonight. And, and I would just say things like that. But, um, we, we, we just had a great time. And also <laughs> as a, as an, an additional point, one of the things that I've been trying to do recently, cause, uh, I've talked to some jazz musicians and, um, just kind of getting this vibe of going back to like the late eighties and the early nineties and just looking at black cinema and like some of like Spike Lee's older stuff, you'll have like yeah. jazz in there. So, yes. you know, it, you're going to have your problematic stuff in there. That's the thing, but you'll have like, I think I watched Mo Better Blues and like, she's got to yes. have it. And I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. So, yeah. so hearing you, that, you had an event <laughs> with drinks named after like, like different movies and yeah. it like, just is romantic. Like that's fire to me. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I think that it was good for us to take a break because we both are like hyper tuned into details like that. Like Malcolm made this really incredible menu of like, and he like made like, like pickled all these ingredients and made like fresh. It was so, and the menu was incredible because we wanted it to be like a black prom. Yeah. So like we did a rollout with like different black prom couples and it was, it was really special. It was a super small and intimate event because you had to pay for tickets. Sure. Um, compared to the BMA, because that was just like not our budget. The Black Prom came out of our budget, so had to be small. But um, it was awesome. I look forward to. I mean, that's something that I um, missed about our lives before COVID was being able to be in spaces with people that you like like a lot, but you might not necessarily be like close friends with them. Does that make sense? Like the people you would see when you go out, like your bartender, yeah, and you're not really friends, yeah. But you, I, I mean, I don't get any of those interactions. I live by myself, so it's like super weird for me to not be around people. 
No, I, I get you. I, I realize it much more now. Like I, I live by myself too. I have a cat here. Who's a, who's a dick, but I, <laughs> I, I live with him and that's about it. So, you know, it's kind of one yeah. of those things where, you know, the majority of the week I'm just here either doing podcasts and mm-hmm. it's a way to try to connect with people. And maybe when we're all still masked up or when things kind of get a little healthier and there's a vaccine or whatever, mm-hmm. then like, Oh, Hey, you know, we should grab a drink sometime. We should chit chat and get to know each other. Cause you know, Baltimore, is still small and it's like oh, yeah. you see these people all the time like you you talked mm-hmm. about the crown i'm in that area all the time when we're not quarantined or whatever and yeah. it's just i don't know it's just like you probably saw me, probably. <laughs> probably saw me. <laughs> and it was it was funny like um you touched the, when you described just something that's just close to you of i built this out and did this on my own it was my own budget mm-hmm. it has a different feeling mm-hmm. so when yeah. we when we did yeah. our um 10th anniversary show we did it at big and it was basically the relationship i had there they wanted us to, they wanted me and, you know, my, my friends to be there I and mean, we're all podcasting in a, in a residency kind of capacity. They're mm-hmm. like, you guys know what you're doing. Can you just come here regular? It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? And, you know, we did it for a while, did it for a while. And I kind of threw out there. It's like our 10th anniversary is coming up. Could we use mm-hmm. your space for the free? <laughs> and they say, yeah. So once we had the, yeah, Yay! once we kind of booked the venue, then we, me with, you know, I'm an, an analyst, but with not any, with no like actual logistic experience, I was like, we're going to build this house somehow. Let's put together a mailing list. Let's do banners. We did all of this different stuff. And, um, people came out. That was the largest audience we had for a live show. We recorded it and it was a lot of fun. And it was just as close to what I wanted, what my vision was. And, mm. you know, some of the people we've made friends with within the community, some of the business folks like um, Diablo Donuts, they catered the thing for us. Mm. And I was like, just off of us being friends. And I was like, That's this so is dope. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, so I got a few more questions before we wrap up and I'll give you back the rest of the year because you're busy. You're always busy. Uh, yeah. Yep. I got a story that I need to turn in tonight, but you know, it's fine. It'll, it'll get done. It's going to get done. So, so, so it's funny. That, that's a, that's a, that's a half-handed, <laughs> it's a half-handed segue into my next question. Um, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, Lord Professional Jesus. segue. No. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking it's funny that you say this because I was on my call earlier and I was like I really need to find a hobby that is not art related because they always turn into work as much as I love them I need a break so it's like you get it like you're home alone so it's like I'm like okay I'm bored let me just do some work <laughs> it's terrible um I'm working every day but I, I okay so what do I like to do when I'm not working I like watching 90 Day Fiance. I'm, I just started High Fidelity. Have you seen that I saw on the, Hulu? I saw the original movie. Um, haven't watched the series yet, but it's on my list. If, if you're somebody that likes music, it's really cool. Like they do like some really cool things with. And I think Questlove was the music person. I just watched all of Insecure and like because I never watched it before in quarantine. Yeah. I watched watched it all. Um, and then. Other than that, it's just TV. Honestly, it's so sad because I'm, aside from, I'm so I'm usually reading art articles or like looking at work online or writing. So my joy is like doing things that involve like no creative input, which is just me being in front of the TV, like my 
TV. So bad, so bad. Because I didn't even have a TV before quarantine, but I bought one. So. Well, you got it. Um, I'm just trying to think what else I, I don't know what else I do. This is so sad. No. I don't know what else I do besides art stuff. Well, that's just nothing. That's what, that's what you're doing. Like I, I share birthday requests, love. So that means it's a, it's a quality thing there. Um, yeah. I'm a secure fan. Aquarius, Aquarius vibes. Gang, gang. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, it is bad. The work thing is bad. Like, because yeah. I'm logged in all the time. So yeah. sometimes yeah, I, I, I have a weird sleep schedule. Like uh, I finally got yeah. that under wraps. So sometimes mm-hmm. I might wake up at four in the morning. I'll go out take a walk, do my like norm, mm-hmm. normal weighted cardio in the morning and then come mm-hmm. back. And it's like five o'clock and it's like, yeah, I guess I'll log in for the next 10 hours. Yeah. It's like, ugh, I need to have I, better, have better things going on. Yeah. But I think it's also, if you asked me this question like last year, I would have a better answer because I think that I fill my days with work because I, there's nothing else for me to do. Like I can't go to a gallery and like, or walk around a museum by myself. I can't like get on the mark and go to DC or travel um, or just like be at the crowd. Can't do that right now. So it's like, let me just work. And which is not healthy for black people, but this is how I'm coping with quarantine. It's just like grinding. And hopefully this time next year, I'll be able to give you a better answer (laughs) about I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that this time next year. (laughs) December 1st, we're going to do a follow-up and I'm going to be like, oh my God, I have all these great hobbies. It's like, so so Terry, what do you got? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Motivate me. So uh, the last, no, actually I have one more question. Did I have a Baltimore question and then that'll be that. Um, Okay. So crystal ball this one for me if you could um okay. how do you see art specifically in baltimore moving forward in the next let's say five maybe ten years that's um i see baltimore becoming more um when i say relevant i don't mean that it's irrelevant now but i just mean like more of a like heavy hitter in the contemporary art market in the united states like i see baltimore not, I don't want Baltimore to become a New York or an LA by any means because I feel like we would lose our soul. But I would want people with money to collect work from Baltimore artists. And I think that, that will happen. Um, I think that Baltimore is like, I mean, like Brandon Woody was shot by Shan Wallace recently for Calvin Klein, like incredible. Um, Amani Lewis is just on the cover of Juxtapose Art Magazine that came out yesterday. Um, and then, like, there were three Baltimore artists on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Like, you can't ignore right. Black people making work in the city anymore. So I think in the next five to ten years, we'll see that continuing, the momentum building. And then I think also, like, with the closures or with things shifting because of COVID, I hope to see, and I have a feeling, like, more DIY spaces popping up that are Black-owned and represented. And, like, so those kinds of things so like more spaces that are run by black people for black people in the city which are necessary and i think it's possible that's what i that would be my utopia but i also think it's going to happen i have faith that's optimistic and i i think i agree with you mostly yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) okay now the last question i had this is generally the ball buster question Um, (laughs) so i want to combine it so you have to include at least one place to eat in this scenario. Okay. If you, if we're not in COVID, uh, mm-hmm. so you have a friend that's visiting town. 
Mm-hmm. What are three things that you tell them that they have to do? Let's say it's a long weekend. Three things that they oh, have to do in Baltimore. You're, you're putting me on the spot. I okay. really three, am. <laughs> but it's not COVID time. It's not COVID time okay. where, you know, everything is chill. Shit. Okay. I need a second. Let me think yeah, about it. Yeah, feel this. free. I'm going to pad, pad, pad. Okay. <laughs> so, somebody that I like is coming to the city and we're, we only can do three things. Um, One has to be food, by the way. Oh, one has to be food. Um, okay. Dang. Okay. Let me think. Well, I mean, so many places that I like have closed. It's so sad. Uh, oh, right. That stinks. Um, no, but that's okay. So, food. We would go, there's only three things allowed. So we would go to Sugar Ale, okay. which is my favorite bar in the city. It's still open. It's in Mount Vernon. And they have Tuesday night burger. Oh, it's a weekend. It's fine. So we can get a hamburger at Sugar Ale because they're good. They don't have fries, but the burgers are good. And they make really strong drinks. So we go to Sugar Ale. And then we would go to the Crown because I am a club rep. That's fine. Okay. I own it. So we would go to the Crown. Um, and we would probably see a lot of people I know there, like being in that space. Like the crown is awesome. Um, <laughs> and what else do we do? What else do we do? Uh, there's like God. Um, I mean, probably I want them to see some art. Um, so probably like a gallery tour of some of my favorite spaces or like I would set up some studio visits. Uh, so we would definitely go to like, I love resort, um, which is it's in the Bromo arts district current space. Mm-hmm. We would go there and there's usually like before COVID there would always be stuff on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like openings or like shows that were up. So it'd be easy to kind of like hop between all those places. So See some art, get drinks at Sugar Ale, and go to the crowd. I just be there from like 10 until like 145 when the kick is out. That's what I would do. <laughs> okay. okay. I like this. I like this. Uh, I'm stealing that idea, yeah, but I like this. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, now I'm sad because now I'm just going to like be in my apartment because we can't do any of these things. Sorry. But it's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's going to happen again. I have Again, I have faith. We can't keep living our lives like this. Yeah, I got to check out Sugar. I've never been there. And uh, oh my god, it's thing. so good. So it's and they were doing. Sorry, no, go ahead. no, please. Oh, they were doing like to-go drinks for a little while, but it's not the same. Like it's a super small bar. It's tiny. Yeah. So you have to like walk down the stairs. And maybe there's like six tables in there, but it's like super chill bartenders they had a tv like when i first moved over there they had like an old vhs holding tv they would play like twister the movie all these things but it's just like a chill hole in the wall but like expensive but you will get drunk i don't know if you drink i know i talk about alcohol a lot it's fine but i have four bottles of alcohol as gifts in here i've got haitian rum oh wow So you know. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm down with the cause. Oh, yeah, but you should should go to Dutch Courage. Oh. Because they're open right now. I'm around Dutch Courage regularly. They've been on the show. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. That would be the other place you would go. Sugar Bill was close. I love Dutch Courage. Dutch Courage is fire. Um, It was was funny. It's funny. Uh, I I would go there, and they would switch out the drink so often in the beginning of this stuff. I was like, oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, we switched the menu again. I was like, damn it. Oh, my God, I know. I'd be so mad. So we would always sit out um, out on the sidewalk because my friends smoke. Uh-huh. Um, but 
like their drinks are good and they're good people so yeah they, i support this they have this one sandwich that i like there a lot it's like this uh asian i think it's hawaiian it's mm-hmm. uh, like ham and cheese and uh pineapple on there it's okay. fire the food is good the food is good that's an underrated like restaurant like people just think of it as a gin bar yeah. and i hate gin so i didn't want to go in the beginning but i was like, okay Shout out to Dutch Courage because it's awesome. Absolutely. So that's that. Um, feel free to, you know, um, shout out your social media where people can check out your stuff and check you out if you're so inclined. That's fine. So my, my Instagram and my Twitter is the at symbol and it's H-A-L-L-E-T-E-R-I. So it's like at Hallie Terry. There's a long story about that that we're not going to talk about. Oh. that's my social media and um you can follow black collages i would appreciate that so it's just the at symbol black collages and then follow um yeah i mean follow be more art because i'm published on there a lot because i work for them and just follow and support us so that's 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 my social medias i deleted facebook i'm really happy about that so yeah <laughs> so thank you um uh, this is this so has been much. a lot of fun. I'm gonna do my wrap up and then I'll let you go. Um, so, I'm, for 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 Terry Henderson, I'm Rob Lee uh, saying there's art in and around Baltimore. All you have to do is look for it. <laughs> <laughs>